Welcome, listeners. I'm Miles Taylor, your host and the creator behind the Unspoken of Wall Street podcast. Join me as I sit down with remarkable minority leaders in the business world, peeling back the layers to discover the keys to their success in the fiercely competitive landscape. So lean in and savor the stories that often go untold. Enjoy. In this episode, brothers Nick and Niles recount their upbringing in St. Louis, their journey attending a top business school, establishing a career in accounting, and becoming co-founders of Burdell Accounting and Consulting. Listen to what they have to say on the importance of developing a just-go-for-it mindset. Enjoy. All right, episode three, Nick, Niles, are you you guys ready? Absolutely. Let's get it. Uh, starting with Nick, man, and then we'll move over to Niles. So I think it'd be good if you can give the listeners just a quick summary of your bio. Yeah, for sure. Um, so quick background for both of us, actually. Uh, we're both from St. Louis. Uh, been living there since we were in middle school. Um, to be honest, like growing up, I didn't have a general, I had a general idea of what I wanted to do with my life. I knew I wanted to do business something. Um, but didn't necessarily knew what that meant at the time. Um, didn't know if I wanted to go into management, um, marketing, anything like that. Um, accounting was actually never a thought in my head going into college. Um, I'd never taken any accounting courses in high school, so I never got exposure to it. Um, but I've always been good with numbers. Um, math has always been a strong subject for me. So getting to Indiana and taking a few um, beginner level courses to see what accounting was like was really beneficial for me. Um, it got me introduced to the career in itself, uh, to the field in itself. Uh, and it was something that was just natural to me. It felt like um, just always being good with numbers. It, it just, it seemed like something that was right up my alley. So um, from that point on, I just ran with it. Um, and here I am today. Awesome. Yeah, for me, I mean, it's yeah, pretty similar uh, kind of backstory, you know, kind of thought all the way through the upbringing. Um, for me, I knew I knew I was good at math um, and I knew kind of that either led into kind of business or into like science. And I wasn't really into, you know, the science fields like that or very, very good at the other parts of science like that. So um, I kind of knew pretty early on that business was going to be the route. Um, and then, you know, within business, I, I knew, well, accounting is the most, most math based, um, outside of finance. Um, so, you know, I kind of early on, I think my senior year, I was like, I know I wanted, I'm going to try accounting. Um, that's kind of where like, you know, I want to go with first. And then if I want to be into something else, I'll go from there. But, um, accounting was, kind of always in the forefront of my mind. I I kind of followed Big Brother's footsteps. So I was either I was either going to two places. We were from St. Louis. So I was either going to Mizzou or I was going to IU. So once I got that acceptance letter from IU, I it was it was over. So I knew I was going there and um knew they had a good school and you know my brother was there. So that kind of gave me all the confidence in the world to go there as well. Got you. That's awesome. So taking a step back to high school, what inspired you guys to go to IU? I know you mentioned Niles, like you just got the acceptance letter and chose, but can you just walk me through your thought process? of? Yeah, um, I can jump right on that. So for me, um, being from St. Louis and having good grades in high school 
gives you almost automatic admission into Mizzou. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for, for me, over 75% of my high school went to Mizzou and I just didn't want to do high school all over again. Um, So that was was a main reason why I I chose not to go to Mizzou. Um, But the reason to choose Indiana is solely because of the business school. Uh, I knew I wanted to be in business. I knew the tradition and the history of Indiana's business school. So I knew if I could get into that school, like my options would be, I, like I, I have a lot of options um, in terms of career path, um, growth, connections, all that good stuff. Um, so that was the only reason I went to Indiana. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to be a part of a good business school um because i knew that's the route i wanted to take yeah and was that the same for you niles yeah yeah it was it was like the main driver um i like i said i knew i wanted to do business um and then nick was there and i you know from him and him there i knew that the business school was you know really good like at the time i think it was either top 10 or top five. I know it moved into the top five. So I knew it was like a really good business school. Granted, Mizzou had a great business school as well, but I was the exact same way as Nick. I was, I don't want to go to the same college that pretty much 80 to 90% of the high school went to. Um, you know, granted, looking back, obviously colleges are huge. You're not going to see the same people from <laughs> high school every day or, you know, everywhere you go. But it was just the kind of the fact that, <clears throat> kind of fresh start let's go to a different school where I think there was only one or two other people from like my graduating class that went to IU from our high school um so it was kind of a fresh start for everyone um you know I knew it was going to be a challenge um from you know Nick going through Kelly and kind of getting through his admits and stuff like that um but you know I knew (laughs) he could do it, then, you know, I'll, I'll try to kind of follow his footsteps and uh, try my hand at it as well. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's important. <clears throat> One, um, for our listeners, as you're thinking through colleges is expanding your network. <clears throat> like, it's great being comfortable going to the college with all your high school friends, right? You, you right. got to have that friendship. You already have that network. But I think it's an advantage to go somewhere else, right, because you're building that network in another whatever arena or whatever you want to call it. So I'm glad you guys made that decision. So, um, you know, once you get to Indiana, can you kind of talk about your academic experiences and how, you know, and how this prepared you to understand accounting? Cause I know it's ultimately the, the, the route you guys took. So it's kind of like walk me through that. Um, so for me, um, I think Niles was the same way we, neither of us were direct admits into the business school uh, at Indiana. So that in itself was a challenge. Um, the requirements for that were we had to go through our entire freshman year and we couldn't get anything below a B in any classes. Wow. Um, so going into college with that kind of pressure is, you know, it's, it's kind of scary. Um, especially it's your first college experience this is like a one shot thing. Like you don't, you don't just get to fail and go back. Um, so that, that was tough. Um, but it, it taught you the importance of, you know, staying grounded and, and getting your priorities straight. Um, and that was, that was important for me because it, these are still skills that I use in today. I, I, I know how to prioritize what's important and what's not. Um, and that's helped me, 
be as successful as I can be in this career. So in terms of the, the curriculum, Indian, their business school is set up very well. So they, they know like how to advance you on. So starting with that beginning course that introduced me to what accounting was. Mm-hmm. And from there, it, you know, added on every semester, every year, um, more items to really master. Um, so being at a school like that, it, it's, if you're in the business school, you're, you're going to succeed. Um, all the teachers there and even the students there have the same mindset of the future. So is that, is that the same process for you as well, Niles? Yes. Yeah. So like Nick said, the getting into Kelly was probably the most stressful part uh, for me, uh, probably for Nick as well. Um, but, you know, a little extra for me because, you know, the whole you're not supposed to get lower than B thing. I kind of tested the limits of that a little bit more than I should have. Um, I think I ended up with maybe either one B minus or two B minuses or something like that. So typically after your first full year of, um, you know, if you're for your first full year of college um, going into the Kelly School of Business, you know, after that first year, typically if you get in, you get in. If you don't get in, then you don't. So mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough um, to get a deferral, which basically meant, you know, after my first two semesters, um, I wasn't, I wasn't in the business school, but I wasn't, you know, kicked out of the business school. Cause once they tell you, no, you can't re- reapply to get in. So they're like, all right, we're going to do one more semester. Um, I can't remember what the stipulations were, but I think it was like, it was probably nothing lower than a B or something like that. I can't, but it was one extra semester to show them that, okay, you you can do the work you can you know do the coursework and succeed in this program um so that first semester of my uh sophomore year was when I kind of went in and actually was like all right let me actually kind of get a little more serious say a little more serious because I kind of got more serious throughout college but you know by that point I was like let me get a little more serious and then really focus on these things that I need to improve on so that kind of, it took a little bit longer for me to get into Kelly, but all the same things that Nick said, you know, getting in, understanding what's important, being able to prioritize certain things over the other things, right? And partying and not going out and then trying to get your coursework done and get your homework done. Um, all of those things. It, it, set, it set me up really well for, you know, our, our careers now, um, being able to, you know, do our day job during the day and then kind of trying to prioritize, you know, our side business rather than mm-hmm. sitting on the couch or doing other things after work where you just want to kind of lay down or relax a little bit, you know, can get in that discipline to get a little more things done or a few more things done uh, just to help us out, you know, kind of in our side side adventure. So um, it, it set me up really well um, to be able to do those things. Um, the coursework as well, like I think I'm I'm very, very comfortable in Excel now in our daily life and our daily work, how we use it now because of the foundation and things like that, that Kelly kind of brought and kind of drilled into us every single year. Um, And then that's something that, you know, I can tell with some colleagues at work or in previous roles at previous companies that, you know, they're not as quick with Excel just because they didn't have that kind of prior knowledge. So things like that set us up really well um, for our careers now as well. That's great. And from your understanding, what makes IU tough from your perspective? Is it just a wealth of knowledge from everyone? Are the professors giving you a lot of work? 
I would say it's probably the one, yes, the coursework. And then two, I would say it's the fact that there's so much competition. That's what like, I was when we're when recruiters come, like there is there is a wealth of talent that they can choose from for each and every internship, full-time role, all of that stuff. So I mean, it's it's you can't just like do well. You can't just do right. above average. You gotta excel, you gotta exceed uh, succeed in everything that you do. And then you gotta be able to present that and speak to what you've done to like recruiters and stuff like that. So I think that was um, you know, for me, that was probably the the biggest challenge and kind of thing going into it. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. It's it's the really the competitive nature of it. Um, everyone there is so smart, so intelligent, so talented. Um, like I was a 3.7 student in high school, but I wouldn't get a direct admit. Like I felt like I was top of the top. And yeah. just to have a 3.7 and be almost near the bottom is is kind of demoralizing in a way but um yeah i'd say that's the biggest challenge is is just understanding that you're at a top business school and you have to perform almost if not better than most of the people there because everyone's fighting for the same position same jobs mm -hmm. same careers um they all want to work for the same companies so when these recruiters come like niall said it's yeah it's stressful it's a madhouse because everyone wants to get that job offer before they graduate or mm -hmm. get that internship to get the experience. So, um, yeah, that was, yeah, it's yeah. good to see that we made it out of that, um, mm -hmm. successfully. Yeah. 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 I think it's worked out for, for both of you and you <laughs> both, <laughs> you both mentioned internships. Can you guys both talk through one, your internship experiences and two, um, just how they helped you propel you, you know, in your career today. Yeah. Um, so for me, I had a couple of them. Um, so my sophomore, the summer going my sophomore year, so the summer after my freshman year, um, I got an internship working for my dad's company, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, so obviously got that job through him. He was my connection there because um, he's very high up at his company. Um but that was my first real taste of what, you know, corporate world's going to look like waking up at waking up for a nine to five every single day. Um, and being able to, to kind of just jump into a full-time position and a corporate job in a corporate setting. So it just gave me good exposure to what it really is to be a professional, um, accountant per se. I, I wasn't necessarily an accountant. I was working in the finance department doing all sorts of things, but it still gave me a good opportunity to, to see what it's like to, to work in a real world setting. Um, I, uh, you know, and then after my junior year or during my junior year, um, I got an internship with EY and that's when my career kind of started to take off. Um, so Working that busy season internship during the school year was, I think it's a better experience than working it in the summer. Um, you don't have as many distractions in the summer. You can really sit down and um, really understand what you're doing and try to better your your skill set. Um, so having that internship is what really um, opened up my eyes to to really what 
is possible in the accounting field. So after that internship, I got a direct job offer. So I had a job offer going into my senior year, which was a blessing because yeah. that, that stress going when you're second semester of your senior year, and you don't have a job offer. That's when the stress can be <laughs> <laughs> right here. You know, the last, the last week of my senior year, I finally got a job. Offer. I was like, Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> I <was the> complete opposite. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, the internship from EY directly prepared me for exactly what I was going to do in my career. So that was huge. Um, because I was able to start my full-time career with already understanding exactly what's expected of me, understanding what I need to do um, and how to really succeed in that field. So the internships, if if I could advocate for any listeners out there, do internships. It doesn't necessarily matter if it's not in the field that you're looking for. It still gives you the good, the right experience, the right exposure to what it means to be a professional in um, corporate. So I I agree with everything that it just said. Um, I think internships are really important and a great key to you know get a taste for what you do and don't want to do. Um, you know before you make that leap into the full time field. Um, so my my uh, experience with internships started a little later than most. I was one of the ones that waited kind of till second semester to start applying for internships. Um, so the pool was a little bit smaller. Um, so what I ended up doing was I ended up doing an accounting internship with a, a it was a small um, Bloomington based company, which is where I use located. So it was, it was right on campus um, and they focused on, you know, teaching and learning seminars for kind of pre-K through middle school teachers. Um, and I was doing, you know, the basic accounting stuff um, for that company. Um, and it was my first real taste in, you know, like Nick said, getting into the corporate world, really going through a full accounting cycle and understanding, you know, all right, this is done here, this is done there. And then this is what, you know, what you do to close the books. And then this is what you do the next month. And then it kind of just it's repetitive. It goes over and over again. So that was my first real taste into the accounting cycle, um, which was, you know, good experience. It wasn't like super fast paced or super stressful because it was still a small company. Um, so it was a, a good place to get my feet wet and understand those things, the corporate setting and um, all of that stuff. Um, so I continue to work that um, that internship all throughout my senior year because it was on campus. I was like, I might as well, I can work, get some luxury on the side um, and then still be able to do my school stuff. Um, I think that part of uh, working my internship was probably the most beneficial to me uh, just because it, it kind of kept me focused because one, it kept me focused on all right, I'm working this internship now. I got to figure out what's next because I'm a senior. I don't know where I want to be. I don't know what I want to do. So I need to figure that out now. So for the first time in like August, in the beginning of the year, I started to like look at internships, apply to places and do all these things. Um, and then that kind of in turn led to my grades getting better because I was in the library more because I was doing all that stuff. So it kind of tumbled into uh, working out for me in the long run. Um, so I was still doing that, kind of working with my prioritization and responsibilities and kind of getting done what needs to get done. Um, and then, you know, I was working this just until I got that that final job offer. And then, like I was saying before, it, it kind of took a while. So it was, you know, have interviews. You know, they go with somebody else, have interviews, they'll go somewhere else. So it was kind of a, a roller coaster ride of, all right, when am I going to get that final job offer? Um, and, and where is it going to be at? So um, 
that was probably the, the most stressful part of my senior year. But from an internship perspective, um, I had a great experience. It was, it was the people I worked with were awesome. Um, they really kind of took time to explain the entire accounting cycle to me, uh, the day-to-day roles, um, you know, the, the functions that don't really change too much company to company and the job functions that don't change too much. Um, so it was a great, it was a great experience for me. Um, and again, it really, it really set me up to, you know, hit the ground running when I got that full-time job offer, um, here in Indianapolis. And another huge benefit of the early internship, in my opinion, is you really like, you get to put your, what you learn in school to test, right? You get, you get to see, okay, is what I'm learning going to translate into what I want to do? Um, so you get an idea of what, like, is this, is this class helping? Should I be taking this class to, to to help me understand this better? Um, with my internship with EY, like audit is something that is very hard to teach in school. You just really have to go in and experience it um, because it's very nuanced. It's it's all based on the client. So it changes here and there. Um, So having that understanding of, okay, these kind of classes are going to help me in the future with audit. Um, With my other job, these kind of classes are going to help me better understand finances and reconciliations in Excel, like Niall said. So it, it gives you an idea of, it it sets it sets you it enables you to set yourself up for the future. Yeah, I agree. And from my personal experience, and any listeners out there, I think it is vital to have internships. Yeah. One, it just gets your resume. Um, yeah, your manager they're gonna know the hiring manager is gonna know. Like you, you still probably don't know what you think you know. But the mm-hmm. fact that you have an internship on your resume is just gonna put you in that interview. And obviously, you have to see an interview and answer questions and. Get the job. I think it just teaches you one to EQ, right? How to how the business talks, um, just how to kind of act in the corporate setting. Yeah. And then two, um, right. even though you're probably not doing crazy formulas in Excel, right? Because we're all analysts. We got to do Excel work. You at least you're going to go into your first job at least knowing how to do a sum. You're not you know how to do a sum math. So just yeah. that just makes the internships just so vital. Yeah. Um, so after your internships, can you kind of walk me through your first experience? Um, one at EY and two, Niles, what company were you at um, um, when you first started? Yeah, uh, I started with Allison Transmission right out of graduation. It's a it's a transmission manufacturing uh, company here, well, in Speedway, Indiana. Got you, got you. And can, can you walk me through how your internships and networking propels you for this, uh, your first job belt? Yeah, so for me, it was a very, excuse me, very smooth transition. Um, so with my internship, I was I was only working on a handful of clients because they don't want interns, you know, just out there. Um, but the main two clients that I worked on as an intern are the same clients I worked on when I got the full-time job. So it was a very smooth transition for me to go from the internship where I learned everything that I needed to know how how to audit these particular clients. So then when I came back a year later, it was already fresh in my head in a way. Um, so working with the exact same people that I worked with on my internship, um, with the same clients as well, uh, really allowed me to succeed um, in the position. It just wasn't for me. 
Um, I didn't last very long. Um, I was only at EY full-time for a little under two years. Um, that the life just wasn't for me. Um, I, I, I just, I enjoy life balance, um, and having a career now where, you know, I, I'm not, I don't have to worry about working on weekends too often, I should say. Um, the 60 hour work weeks at the beginning of, at the very beginning of my career kind of took a toll on me. So, um, going directly from graduation in December of 2016 to working full-time in January of 2017 wasn't ideal for myself. Um, but I, I did, I got a lot of good exposure to, to different areas of the accounting field, uh, working with financial services clients, working with manufacturing clients, um, healthcare clients. I, I got to see what accounting would look like for each of these different um, fields to say. Um, and I, and I, it gave me an idea of what I wanted to do after audit, where I wanted to go into um, non-public accounting and where I wanted to spend my time. And I ended up in working with startups in Chicago. Um, and that was something that I really enjoyed. It was kind of a good fresh start it wasn't something that was already set in place and I could kind of take what I learned from EY and kind of make my make my own kind of changes that I felt were necessary at said company so um yeah and I know big four is a big um well-known and great learning grounds right to build your foundation yes. and resume but from your perspective, what made it tough? Was it just the hours, just high demanding job, competitive? So one, very competitive. Um, everyone wants to work for the big four, especially if you're in accounting, just because of the the history, just the the way people look at big four versus any other accounting firm. Um, so yeah, I, like it's very challenging because of the competitiveness, the hours, which were, which are expected. Um, but it, it almost, for me, at least it just felt like there was no break. So like once I was done with one client, I jumped right onto a new client that had their year in. So like there was never a time where I was working under 55 hours a week. Um, and I just didn't see myself you know, being going the partner route that didn't sit right with me. That just wasn't something that I wanted to do. Um, so I figured I'd, you know, make a change, get into something that I, I felt that could lead me down a better career path for myself. I knew it was the beginning of the end for Nick when they sent him to Omaha, Nebraska the day after Christmas and there was snow on the ground. He <laughs> <You laughs> looked so mad walking out that door. And he, got there and he got there and they were like, why didn't they send the guy from Kansas City? It's four hours closer. <laughs> he was so mad. I was like, yeah, he's not going to last too much longer. <laughs> all, for, all for an inventory account. I was counting honey buns. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Niles, could you sort of walk me through your first experience? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, um, so, I didn't end up going, you know, the audit route, like Nick was saying, that kind of that they tend to like kind of push on everyone. Um, you know, I think going at the end of my senior year, I was kind of, I, I need to be an audit. I need to start an audit. That's what everyone does. You know, that's what Kelly does. Um, so when I didn't start there, I kind of 
I guess felt like, you know, I, I got a job, but it's not like the audit jobs, not the stuff that everyone else is getting. So um, coming into it, I was, one, I was grateful to have a job, period. So, I mean, I was happy for that, but I was like, okay, I, I feel like I need to get into audit at some point um, to, I guess, I guess do the, the cookie cutter type of accounting career path that everyone sets. Um, but I think at this point, I'm kind of grateful that I didn't take that path. You know, I didn't have a lot of those 60 hour week experiences like Nick was having early on, um, or things like that, that kind of, you know, can really take a toll on you and burn you out really, really quickly. Um, so my career, uh, started with Alice Transmission, which is just a manufacturing company, um, here in Indianapolis. Um, so I, my internship set me up really well. Uh, to go into that type of role um, from the aspect of, you know, just doing, you know, month end closes, close cycles, getting used to, okay, this is a cycle. Okay. This is, these are my tasks that I do on these days of the beginning of the month. Okay. I knock those out. Okay. And then I do this. Okay. And then I do that. Right. So it was very cyclical and it was a good way for me to get into, um, you know, the, the, the life cycle of accounting and get a good understanding of, um, what's done when it's done and why. Um, so it was a good, it was a good pace for me, I think going in and from the sounds of it, it was, you know, I guess it was a, a, a bigger lift for accounts coming in, but I think my internship <clears throat> ahead of this kind of set me up well, um, with learning how to work ahead, get some things done ahead of time to make your month in a little bit better than it would have been otherwise. Um, and then also, you know, doing re reconciliations and um, the normal cadence of getting those done and things like that. Um, so that that for my internship set me up really well for that. Um, it was my first full experience of, you know, going into the office every day and um, doing all those sorts of things. But I really didn't mind it too much. It was it was, um, you know, I, I enjoyed what I was doing. I think I kind of at some times it at sometimes it did get kind of slow, right? So I did have those slow periods, which I did kind of like. Now I kind of I, I miss those <laughs> in a sense. But you know, I do I did like those at the time, kind of. Um, so I would know when I was really busy, I would know I'll be really, really slow, could take some time off, maybe put some vacations in, just stuff like that. Um, so I think that's what I really like and do like about the accounting field is when you know you're gonna be busy. Right. Yeah. The the last the last couple of days of the month, the, the first couple of days of the month, quarter in, year in, you know, you know, it's it, it's when you can and can't do things pretty quickly. Um, so I do enjoy that about it. Um, so that those are probably the biggest things that I like going into the accounting profession um, and then my first few years of experience with it. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Awesome. And then this is, we don't spend too much time on this. This is just more of education and peace, educational piece for our younger listeners. You both mentioned audit. So can you kind of talk me through the importance of audit and why do you think it's, it's vital? The it's mainly critical for shareholders. Um, so what we do is the auditor, we provide a, a public opinion on, on this company um, and whether or not you should invest in them. And that helps investors really understand if they want to put their money into this business is this business going to be successful um, gotcha that's that's what i was involved with um and i i don't i don't want to talk down on the audit field there's nothing it just wasn't for me like going from 
to kind of piggyback off what Niall said about repetition uh, with the with the job, that was something that I enjoy. Like I, I enjoy having knowing exactly what I'm going to have to do and when to do it. Um, but with audit, you're with different you're with different types of businesses every other three months. So you, it's like almost a brand new job every other three months because um, you're going into it blind, not knowing what to expect. Um, but it does give you exposure to all these different fields and it gives you a, a good look into how business operate, businesses operate um, in different fields. And I will say kind of to piggyback off that it's, it's a, it's a great field, um, you know, to, to gain experience in um, because I will say, you know, as you, as you go up the ladder within, you know, the accounting career path, um, every every role that they'll look for you know in type of manager controller higher than that they'll look for audit experience you know internal audit experience right dealing with SOX controls and things like that um so that it's a it's a great skill to have you know if you want to climb that ladder in the accounting profession that way um in my current role now you know i deal with internal audit and SOX stuff pretty frequently now. Um, and then not having that in my past kind of put me at a disadvantage. Um, and it's been a bit of a learning curve kind of getting up to speed with that. Um, so having that experience early on in your career, it does it does open a lot of doors for you down the line, right? So getting, you know, a couple of years like Nick did an audit experience, um, it opens you up to plenty of accounting roles, accounting manager, controller roles, um, you know, Nixon Finance now. But it, it really just opens up any, plenty of avenues for you to move into um, just because having that experience and being able to, to talk to auditors and giving them exactly what they need and what they're asking for without giving them too much. All of those things are, um, you know, pretty, pretty important to have in, in those higher positions. Got you. And having that experience in audit also helps when you get out of audit, um, understanding what's going to be expected when you do get audited. Mm-hmm. Uh, so having that background experience was was really helpful for when I was working as assistant controller because um, I, I knew generally what's going to be asked for in terms of the audit. Um, I, I know what kind of evidence they're going to be asking for. I, I know how what evidence to provide, um, what additional evidence to provide when it comes to them auditing our books. So um, and then, like Niall said, having that early experience with testing controls was something I never thought I would do. Um, but it, it's, again, something that's it's good to have knowledge of, um, what, regardless of what field in accounting finance you're in. And then what was next after your audit experience, Nick, and then Niall's after your, um, the manufacturing company? For me, I just wanted um, a, I wanted to work basically for one business. I wanted to get in and learn from the bottom up and work my way to the top of whatever company I was at. Um, so after, after audit, I just decided I wanted to move to Chicago. Um, didn't have any idea on where I was going to work. Um, and so I just started applying to different places, ended up working at a company called Lot Links here in Chicago. Um, as soon as I got that job, I moved here. Um, and I, I finally got, you know, kind of what I was looking for in a career, which was just a, 
more stability, really. Um, just being a basic accountant, which we didn't get that experience working for EY. I didn't get that experience working for EY, just the basic accounting. Like I, I, we never actually got exposure to that because um, we were doing other audit related things. So coming here and being, a, being able to just be an actual accountant and do the like journal entries, reconciliations, simple things like that, that are expected of the accountant role um, prepared me for where I am today, which is now I work at top. Um, and even though I'm out of real basic accounting, um, being able to jump into the operation side of things uh, has really been good for my career. So, <clears throat> uh, yeah. So after I left Allison, I ended up moving to a, um, <clears throat> a pharmaceutical manufacturing company. Um, so the company was based out of Bloomington. I ended up working from home uh, full-time, which that was pretty nice. But um, so I worked for them, moved over into cost accounting. I guess I kind of jumped ahead a few, but so I, at Allison, I went from the general accounting side over to cost accounting. So I was there in cost accounting for mm -hmm. a couple years before leaving. So um, that experience led me into a senior cost accounting role at this pharmaceutical company. Um, so I was working a lot, um, with a lot of similar things that I was doing at my first, uh, company, you know, that was kind of carried over, um, you know, with standard costing and, um, you know, labor and burden and all of those things. So I, I did a, dealt a lot with that at my, uh, at the company in Bloomington. Uh, so I was there for another two years, um, just doing different things with them. And then, <clears throat> beginning of this year, I moved into my current role, which is assistant controller um, at an HVAC company here in Indianapolis. Um, so I've been here for about a year and that's, this has been, um, I would say the most challenging and most rewarding uh, role so far, just because it's, it's a different side of accounting than I'm used to. Um, you know, I'm used to kind of being the one doing majority of the work, like preparing the journal for journal or for journal for month end, um, you know, doing a lot of the reconciliations and things like that, um, you know, doing the, 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 the manufacturing accounting or job costing accounting or all those things. And then now I'm more of a, you know, I'm, I'm reaching out people to do these things, compiling the results, um, on top of, like I said earlier, dealing with internal audit, uh, doing stocks testing and, um, you know, helping out with uh, inventory counts and things like that from a controllership perspective. Um, so that's that's been um, an enjoyable year so far, kind of learning this new side of accounting and, um, you know, trying to take my 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 already existing knowledge and kind of, you know, using that and adding to it with what I'm doing now. Got you. And I'm jumping ahead. Talk about your accounting firm that you two started. You kind of just walk me through what inspired you guys to start this. Um, the biggest thing that inspired us was, you know, I, I think during the time uh, between Allison and uh, Catalan, my second company, where I was getting my CPA um, kind of after hours, um, I think through that, it made me kind of see that a lot of small businesses need help with their accounting. Um, just because, you know, one, you tell somebody, you know, you're, you're studying CPA or CPA, they're like, you know, are you 
one, do you do taxes or two, you know, do you do bookkeeping stuff? And uh, through that, I realized there are a lot of people that have a business and don't do anything for the bookkeeping um, or, you know, don't prepare anything for taxes or kind of um, prepare themselves, I guess, ahead of time for things that, that they need. So they'll need a loan and they don't have any banks, uh, you know, bank statements or profit and loss statements to show uh, that they're actually making money or things like that. So um, through that, uh, I, we kind of realized that there was a need. Um, and then once I passed my CPA, um, you know, me and Nick started to talk and uh, kind of through talking is like, hey, let's 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 start something. So, um, you know, we, we just started reaching out to people. Um, started getting connected to people through Facebook and there's a, there's a black entrepreneurship group in, uh, for Indianapolis called black dollar Indy, which is where, you know, people that are either have a business or are looking for service from a business, they'll post in there and, you know, people will put others in connection with them through that. Um, so through that, you know, our name got tossed in the mix a few times and then that's kind of, um, how we started to grow our clientele. Is that, does that stand for you as well, Nick? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like you said, like we, it was COVID. We were working from home um, and we felt that, you know, it was no better time to really kind of try to start this. Um, so yeah, like, like he said, we, right now it's, well, not right now, but at the beginning, it was pretty much all word of mouth. Um, yeah. Trying to get our name out there um, with the help of, you know, friends, family, putting our names out there as well. Mm -hmm. um, but we just, you know, thought it was something that we could do. Um, it's helping others be successful in their careers and um, what they're trying to accomplish. And it's also simultaneously helping us with our career. So, um, yeah, we we just saw the opportunity and really just jumped um, yeah. mm -hmm. to see what kind of difference we could make. And it, it, we have helped quite a bit of people now. So it, it's, it's rewarding. So. Mm -hmm. So you guys focus, I know you said small business. Is there a specific industry you're focused on? Not necessarily. No. Um, we're really open to any, any type of client as long as, you know, we can do the work because um, we will we'll let you know if it's something that we can't do. If it's something we can do, we're more than happy to help. But if it's something that, you know, we, we may not be the best fit for, mm -hmm. we sometimes do have to turn down um, opportunities. But yeah, nothing, there's no really particular client we're, we're looking for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I would say one thing we we nonprofit accounting is probably one area that we're not like, you know, fully confident in, you know, taking on just yet. So I think those areas are ones that we're, you know, straying away from a little bit more. Um, but no, there's, there's nothing that we're, we're mainly focusing on. Um, I think we have, you know, a couple of home health, home health care type of, um, clients, you know, um, one retail, um, uh, actually to retail. Um, and then 
you know, a couple that have come and gone within real estate and, um, you know, Airbnb type of type of clients as well. So um, right now, we're pretty, pretty, um, pretty diverse in our client uh, backgrounds and their industries. Um, so it's just kind of, you know, if we if we have a capacity uh, to take you on, then absolutely. And, you know, depending on like the level of detail that you're looking for, the level of um, engagement that you want from us as well, that I'll just also kind of go into if we can or can't service people. Got you. And how are you two managing your time between, you know, your current role and, you know, growing your firm? Sure, it's been busy. Let's try it. Um, obviously, our our full time jobs come first, but you know when we have when we don't have to work past the hour of five o'clock most nights, it's it's pretty easier for for us just jump on at night if we need to connect with clients, if we need to connect ourselves, if there's things that we need to get done for clients. Um, just you know, dedicating two hours, maybe, maybe two to two to four hours a week on this is not too much of an ask. Um, and even on weekends, there's usually some time available. So, um, especially now that we've hired someone, it's it's pretty, it's it's less daunting to to work that nine to five and then get online for another five to nine. So yeah. uh, it's become a lot more feasible to, for, for us to manage our time between the two. Um, so yeah. I would agree. It's I, the beginning of this year. Um, it was, we, we kind of got a, well, I won't say we say I bit off a little more than we could chew. I kind of got a little bit too aggressive with, yeah, come on, do your taxes. Yeah. We'll tell everybody the client everybody and then i had to realize all right you got to start telling people now because you there's there's no way that you have the capacity to to do all of this stuff and learn a brand new position that you started all of two months ago and um so yeah i had to realize really quickly like you know it's good to grow and like kind of want to take everyone on but you get you got to kind of do it over time to where you can sustain it because you know you don't want to promise all these people that you can do this and do that and then because you told too many people that you can do all these things you can't do anything for anybody so um that was that was something that kind of we we kind of had to realize pretty quickly scale back a little bit you know like nick said we had to um bring on an employee to help us with one client who needed uh, some pretty extensive cleanup work on her books um so I, I think, you know, once we finally got that under control, um, it's kind of given us a little bit more time back and a little, you know, a little more sanity with with doing this stuff on the side. Um, so, yeah, right now it's probably about, you know, we'll work on nine to five. Sometimes that'll pick up. Sometimes it's more busy. Sometimes that's a little bit slower so we can, um, you know, get more done here and there as as our time allows. Um and then, you know, on the weekends, um, like he said, if we need to meet, we can meet, um, things like that. But it's just, you know, give up what you want to give up to get what you want to get. So, uh, you know, we we kind of got a, a a bigger picture in our head of, you know, where where this can go. I think this year has shown us that. Um, 
but now it's just, you know, how much do you want to put into it to, to really get there? Um, and I think that's, that's the point that we're at. And that's kind of the, the motivation that keeps us going when we're, you know, a little more tired some nights or, uh, don't really feel like logging back onto the computer at nine or 10 o'clock. So, um, yeah, that's been the biggest focus right now. Yeah. And you both too have tremendous experiences. So how did you sit down and kind of walk through, okay, Niles, I'm going to take this responsibility. Nick, you take this responsibility. It's kind of walking through like the formation, like once you establish uh, your firm. So really the, that, that format, it kind of just. <laughs> fell into place in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was no like set, like. It was just naturally the, the way we both operate um, with him being a CPA and me not. It, it just almost just fell into that way where he really handles the more direct, like accounting related items, like gotcha. taxes and um, even, even the bookkeeping, we both kind of handle the bookkeeping, but um, he does it a little more than I do. And then while I'm on more, so like the operational side of things, um so like this podcast this podcast for example <laughs> trying to get our name out there um consulting with other some of our clients like saying hey you're spending too much on this maybe if you cut cut back on this you your profits will be higher um things like that um wild niles is, he sends like monthly PLs, letting them know how they're doing on a month-to-month basis so yeah it it, it was kind of like a f- not a free-for-all but like we knew what had to be done we just didn't have like hey you're gonna do this you're gonna do this we're just like as we go through things together where we decide together like could you do this could you do that type of thing so it's you know very very open um we don't have like <laughs> set role responsibilities um yeah which I think is kind of hard to do at the very beginning of a business. I think it's better just to have everyone be a jack of all trades and kind of get things done as on an as needed basis. Um, Yeah. It's kind of all hands on deck, kind of like what, whatever needs to get done, you know, that and playing to each other's strengths. So, you know, like he's, he had the more extensive QuickBooks background. So, you know, he's, he's more in line with, you know, getting people set up in QuickBooks, getting their stuff caught up and all that stuff. Um, you know, this, now this year I've had to kind of learn on the fly, a lot of stuff within QuickBooks with one of our, you know, the, our, our difficult, uh, more difficult clients that needed some help cleaning up her books. Um, so, so I got, you know, a lot more experience and then kind of, you know, taking that role of um, understanding QuickBooks a little bit more, you know, by myself, but, you know, we, we just kind of, whatever needs to get done, it's just kind of an unspoken who can and can't handle it. Right. Like he was saying more of the tax side stuff. I'll typically try and answer more and handle those more, um, you know, business formation and, you know, what business type business structure you are. I'll kind of answer those more and kind of explain those. And then while I'm explaining those, I'm trying to like, you know, tell him to, so he gets to understand more. Right. So we can kind of both have that knowledge as well. Um, 
but yeah, like you said, starting out, it was just kind of, you know, we're, we're doing the stuff together because we don't have a lot to do. So we might as well just work it together and kind of figure it out. Um, as we grow and kind of continue to gain more clients and, and bring more people in, it'll probably be more like segregated or things like that. Um, but I think kind of as, as we start out and it's starting to continue to grow, um, it'll just kind of be, um, get things done as they're needed. And if you don't know, ask. And yeah, yeah we have different contacts as well. So some people will reach out directly to me. Some people will reach out directly to Niles, um, and regardless of what they ask, we we both have the knowledge to to help out. So if I have to do some tax returns, I'll do some tax returns. Um, uh, LLC creation for other businesses. We both know how to do that now. Um, so, yeah, it's like, yeah, all hands on deck type of deal. So whatever, gotcha. the, whatever the clients need, we're. Gotcha. And are you guys giving recommendations as well? Are you just. Focus just more on the accounting side, providing the actuals, or we provide these monthly P&Ls and financials. We actually just recently did that with one of our clients. Uh, let you go ahead, Nielsen. Um, yeah, so we we do do a lot of consulting and, you know, kind of try and pushing our clients in the right direction of what they want to do and, you know, the proper steps to do it. Um, like Nick was saying, we, we did have a, a few of those conversations recently with a couple of different clients, um, you know, just asking questions of, um, you know, for example, one client, they um, they said that their, I guess their, their income rates for their uh home health businesses they're getting slashed a little bit going into next year so they're trying to figure out what can we do to cut costs what can we do to offset those costs a little bit so we kind of you know based on what they do what they're paying out of pocket right now we kind of give them a few options of you know ways that um they can cut some of those costs to keep some of their money in their pocket even though that even though that rate's going down a little bit so you know we said hey maybe you can tell the parents that they can help offset some of the costs of the field trips because they're really not paying anything out of pocket or tell the parents to bring their snacks so you guys aren't you know paying 200 300 400 a month on snacks for these kids when their parents could just pack them a lunch or something like that um so just different uh you know operational things that they can do to uh maybe cut some of their costs right uh you know just like we told them only going to the store once a month and getting everything that you need for that month on that date. If you run out, don't go back the next week and get it just because you ran out of that one thing. Just wait and go at one time, you know, so you get what you get. Don't end up buying too much or things like that. So um, just different um, types of consulting on what people can do de depending on the client. Um, like we had another client who um, you know, is, is spending a lot of money on marketing and, um, you know, from the books, you can't really tell that profits are increasing because of that additional money spent on marketing. So it's like, are you, it doesn't make sense to keep doing that. Should we look at other places, maybe cut it back and scale it back and see if we, you know, if we're seeing a decrease in income and, um, uh, taking it from there. So things like that, that we'll, uh, discuss with clients and, um, try and advise them on based on performance, past performance, or certain things that they want to do in the future. We can take all those things in perspective. Gotcha. And are they pretty, are they listening when you guys provide these recommendations? Are For the most part, they've been pretty receptive. They, they seem to receive it pretty well. Um, 
you know, I, I, I think at this point, we've got a good relationship with our clients where um, they they know that we have their best interest um, and, you know, other um, things that we've recommended in the past have worked out for them. Um, so that, you know, makes them more inclined to trust us and take our word on things in the future. Um, so other things like, for example, one thing that we've done in the past is a couple of clients that were making a, you know, pretty, pretty well off um, in prior years, you know, they were still LLCs. So we told them, hey, you should probably move into an S-Corp, um, you know, and that would be one thing that'll help your business to um, save a little bit of money, save a little bit of money on taxes, right, on your self-employment side of things. Um, and it'll also, you know, give you protection going forward at for your LLC. Um so, so certain things like that that we've done and, you know, kind of doing those filings, save them a good amount of money on their taxes by going and amending those tax returns after their escort filing was approved. Um, so doing things like that kind of gives them the confidence that we know what we're talking about and that we can deliver on the recommendations that we're providing to them. Um, so that that helps them to listen a little bit more. Got you. Awesome. How are you envisioning growth for your firm as well as, you know, your career outside of your firm it's a tough question um because <laughs> we don't necessarily have like at least i don't know if things would change now but i i don't think we have like this dead set goal that we want this to be a full-time thing it's more it's more so if it happens it happens it's great but this is also not something that we just want to like coast through. We actually want to give our full effort to it and just see what we can make out of it. Mm -hmm. um, so we don't necessarily have any long-term goals with it. It's more so just to sustain it and to be a, a resource and a tool for, for the clients that we end up working with. Um, but again, like, if it turns into something more than yeah. obviously that's great news, but if it doesn't, mm -hmm. we're happy knowing that we're, we're making a difference right now we're, we really are. And I'm proud of where we've come from when we first started two years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. And would you say the same Niles? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Um, I I think you know the when we first started that 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 definitely was the goal. Of, let's just let's just see what we can do with this. Like let's let's see. And then after this past year, I think it's pretty apparent. Like, okay, we can we can this can go as far as we want to take it. So it just kind of depends on how far we want to take it. Um, you know, I think I think we can we can it can absolutely be a full time thing. Um. But as daunting as it is, you know, it's just there's a lot of things that we'd have to put into place to kind of make that work and make that happen. Um, so it, it's entered my mind, I think, a lot more, you know, kind of recently as as we kind of look back at the year that we've had. So, so the more we think about it, I, I do think, well, what if or what if? So, um, you know, it makes me kind of want to put those things into place or kind of start to think, well, what does need to be in place to make that a full-time thing? Um, so I, I, I do have those thoughts coming into my head a little bit more now. Um, 
So, you know, if, if we do get to that point, absolutely. I would love to, you know, take that leap and make it happen. Um, you know, we've got our, our, our few friends here that, you know, run their own uh, accounting firm full time. You know, they kind of did the route, the same route of working in a corporate setting for, you know, X many years and then going into their own business full time um, with their own clients and things like that. So seeing those seeing those people do that and, you know, have discussions with them makes it makes me even more you know confident that we can do it. Um, but it's just the, you know, got to lay the groundwork and um, get things in place before just taking that leap. So I think that's probably where we're at right now. At gotcha. the beginning, it felt almost unrealistic because it was just us two. We already had full-time jobs. It just almost seemed like a hobby in a way. Yeah. But like Niall said, the, the, I like the fact that we're still doing this two years later, we just had a really in our eyes, successful year, um, we hired someone. So now, now it's starting to feel like a business, like a real business, um, and something that could keep growing. Um, so yeah, really just taking it day by day and seeing where, where things go. Gotcha. And will you leverage, cause I know I use a top business school. Will you, do you think you will leverage your connections that you developed over the years? And just being alumni of IU to help grow this as well. Absolutely. Um, which we actually have done um with a recent a recent friend of ours from IU. Um we were actually worked with him. Um he was our payroll uh payroll connection. Mm-hmm. Wrong word, but um essentially we we brought when we brought in new clients who needed payroll assistance, we would refer them to him. Um, he would be their their payroll business. He would do all their payroll stuff, and then we'd get residual. So it was a good mm-hmm. working relationship. And coming from the Kelly Business School, we know people in every field of yeah. business. Um so definitely leveraging those those connections to either get our names out there or even work with other people trying to do similar things with their own businesses mm-hmm. uh, can only it can only help us. Gotcha. And I think that's important. I'm glad you said that, right? Because for our listeners out there, um, you know, you can have the greatest IQ out there and you do have to prove yourself, right? Like you know, people just won't hire you or do business with you if you do not know what you're doing. But do you just struck the importance of networking and connections and things like that? Like that thing's vital to help grow your career. Um, yeah, so we're wrapping up here. So just can you talk to me like, because I know this is a podcast, right? I kind of want to focus on minorities, finance, accounting, the business world. You know, do you have goals to for this firm to give back to the community at all? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think of one goal that, um, you know, I, I see for us in which, you know, we kind of already started with in about April of 2020, 2021, excuse me. Um, we we partners with uh, another friend of ours in the city, Caleb, um, and hosted a financial literacy seminar. 
Um, so at that seminar, we we touched on a bunch of different topics. So I covered um, accounting and fine or accounting and budgeting, right? So um, talked about accounting for businesses and then just budgeting overall for everyone, just anyone, um, not just businesses for, you know, anyone who's trying to save for something, pay off debt, whatever. So, uh, touch on budgeting. Um, and then my friend Caleb, he talked about real estate. So getting into real estate, um, you know, fixes and flips, how to get started, all of that stuff. Um, talked about credit a little bit, um, talked about investing. And then we had a, um, uh, another, um, host I was talking about Airbnb and how to get started with Airbnb and tiny homes. Um, so we did that a couple of years ago and got a pretty decent turnout. I think we had about 30 people there. Um, so I, I, I would love to continue doing that, um, and giving back that way and teaching and, um, you know, do maybe both small business seminars and a personal finance seminar, or just doing like a cohort of people that are trying to learn how to budget or learn how to do whatever the case may be that we can help with, right? If it's uh, setting up a business, if it's getting your business started with um, QuickBooks, if it's budgeting for your business, things like that, or it's personal finance, um, hosting classes like that to help you know, give back and give people the knowledge that we've got. Um, I think that would be a great thing to do. Um, and it, you know, kind of just aligns with the vision that we have for the business. Gotcha. Awesome. <clears throat> and then what, what do you think, what have you two learned about yourself going through this process? Right. Um, as I mentioned, and as the listeners know by now, fantastic resume and starting your own firm. So you can just walk me through, you know, what have you learned about yourself doing all this? That is a good question. I would say the biggest thing that I've learned about myself is um, honestly that, you know, I, we, we can put our, like anything that we can put our mind to, we can do it. Like, like there's no task that's too big for us. Um, it just depends on how much effort you want to put into it. Um, you know, I think that started for me with my CPA, like getting the CPA, you know, at, at first, at first it's like this big mountain of, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get up there and then you kind of taking it one test at a time. And then you're like, okay, I got a little momentum. I got one down, one down. And then after that second one, it's like, okay, I, I, I can knock these out. Like this is, this is no thing to me. Um, and then going through that experience kind of set us up for the business of, um, you know, are you sure you want to do it? Not not thinking too hard on doing it, just doing it and see what happens. And then seeing the success there, it's like, all right, what's next? What do we want to try next? Because, you know, I'm very confident that anything at this point that I want to do or that we want to do or move into for the business, there's no question that we can do it. Gotcha. Yeah. Um Mine's kind of the same answer. I, I, I just, I've learned that no, no challenge is really too big. So going into this, um, I had no idea how to even go about starting a business. Um, I don't think either of us did, but through trials and tribulations, me and him kind of figured this whole thing out on our own. Um, work late nights late nights on zoom calls trying to just get our llc set up from the beginning um contracting like we we had to create our own uh contracts for the business um invoices all 
everything that goes into running a business, we website. have to learn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Create our own website. All of this we learned on the fly. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning, it just wasn't something that I just thought would be possible for us with everything that we had going on in our lives at the moment. So um, just staying, staying grounded to what you want in your career or life in general, just if you put your mind to it, like it's, it's really possible. Like I, I didn't think we'd come this far. Um, and here you are with employees and paying ourselves salaries. Um, so like things like that are very motivating and rewarding and it's, it just gives you perspective that, you know, your, your mind's a powerful thing. If you, if you want to do something, you can do it. It just, it takes a little bit, just a little bit of effort. Yeah. Yeah. And it can happen quicker than you think too. That was, that was, that was the biggest shock to me was, um, I I put a goal for 2023 for us to get like 10 clients, like not thinking that, you know, we would get there. And then we got to like five or six. I'm like, okay, there's no way we can get to 10 and still maintain what we're kind of doing now. So I think, you know, it can happen quicker than you think. And, you know, I would say the biggest thing is just to make sure that you've got the framework set up to sustain it. Cause I, I had this big ambitious goal for us. And we were not, we, 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 if we got there, we wouldn't have been able to sustain it. So we had to, we had to cut out, cut, cut off new clients and kind of step back a little bit so we could kind of get caught up, you know, get our feet under us before we can, um, you know, make that next step to open the door to bring in new people. So now, now that we're at that point, um, I think we'll be ready for kind of, you know, the new year and bringing in new clients and, um, you know, the, the new growth that, you know, you know we're looking towards now. Got you. And the fact that to me, the fact you had to say no to do business, I think that's a that's a good problem to have. Yeah, it definitely it definitely is a good problem to have. It hurt me at first to do it, but I'm just like, <laughs> look, it, you're losing your mind right now. There's no way that you guys can take this on. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So any last words of advice, one for, you know, people like us and just people in general who are trying to break in accounting and finance and two, anyone who's interested in starting not only accounting firm, but just a side business outside of their current role. My, I mean, my advice is just simple. It's just, just go for it. Just, just go for it. Don't, don't question what if, um, answer the what if. Just, if you go for it, you'll figure out mm-hmm. what if. Um, don't, yeah, just go with what you, what your heart wants. Uh, if you think you can do something, try it. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. If it does, even better. Um, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Um, I would say, you know, start with start with what you know and where you're at. Um, you know, a lot of people have a lot of skills um, and skill sets, you know, within their day job, right, that you could um, you know, make a side business off of, right? So if you're in IT or you do something within IT, you know, you can start a side business of, you know, doing people's IT work or building websites or things like that, coding different things and stuff like that. Or if you're in marketing, you know, you can 
do marketing as a side hustle for like freelance work or um, you know, marketing working on the side for businesses through Thumbtack or whatever different ad agencies you want to do. But you can start with where you're at and then, you know, YouTube and Google are your best friend. So, you know, you can you can look up how to fill in the blank and Google will give you a bunch of different answers. Go to YouTube and you can watch a thousand different videos on how to do X, Y and Z. And people will um, kind of tell you different things. You can start figuring out who to go to, who's a trusted source for different things um, and then go to them for their videos. Right. Um, so if you want to start a business in general, I would go to YouTube and um i think yeah it's called life accounting so it's just basic bookkeeping basic this that and the third for a business startup so if you're getting your foot if you're starting to get your foot wet in whatever area of business it is just go learn how to do basic bookkeeping stuff on your own until you're you have that growth to actually need to contact somebody like us to do your bookkeeping for you right so um don't i would say don't start completely blind um you're right do a little bit of homework first right to see if it's for you if it's feasible um and then you know like nick said just do it just do it like that there there's there's more ideas that just people just don't do because they think it you know paralysis by analysis you know thinking too much about the what ifs trying to get too much perfectly in place before starting it, it it wastes too much time and, and then by the end of it you still haven't started you're in the same spot you were two years ago because you're just waiting for the perfect time it's never going to be perfect time you just gotta you know just just do it and then figure out after the fact got you awesome man well i appreciate you guys hopping on um episode three it's a wrap thank you guys